Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker, and I thought, if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate, so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. Tossing and turning all night like a salad? It's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. I'm Jill, and this is the Sober Powered Podcast. I'll tell you how I finally stopped chasing the buzz and what I've learned along the way. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. I'm Jill, and if you're new here, I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. If that sounds interesting, please subscribe. So on Monday, November 9th, I celebrated my one-year soberversary. This is a huge achievement for me. I feel like it's the biggest accomplishment of my entire life. 
I'm going to go into further detail about the end of my drinking and discuss how the past year has been for me. So I'll tell you about the challenges that I've faced, what I still struggle with, and my advice to anyone who is struggling to stay sober. So let's dig in. If you listened to the Last Night I Drank episode, then you know how agonizing my life was when I was drinking. Honestly, I never thought I'd be able to stop. Not drinking didn't seem like a possibility for me. I was so desperate to find a way to keep it in my life. So November 9th is more than just my soberversary. Twelve years ago, on November 9th, I had a very traumatic experience. Each year after usually wasn't a bad day for me. It just felt um, like cringy and uncomfortable, and I was aware of it, so it made it just awkward, but it wasn't a bad day. I would always do a lot of self-care and move on. November 9th, 2018 was bad for me though. So that was the 10-year date. And for some reason, it just got me. I stayed up until a little after 2 a.m. drinking by myself and crying. I got so drunk. It was awful. So because of that, I wanted to go into November 9th, 2019 with a plan. It was a Saturday, and I thought that drinking all day and having fun would somehow prevent what had happened the year before from happening again. So I won't repeat what I said in the last night I drank episode, but if you've listened to it, you know I was seriously drunk, like in the afternoon, not even at night. I suffered through all-night anxiety and suicidal thoughts again. I didn't sleep again. And as I was watching the sun come up at 5.30 a.m., I told my husband, I can never drink again. This was the moment for me that I really accepted I am not someone who can drink. And this acceptance was key to my success over the past year. So now November 9th has turned into the best day of the year. I never have to think about pain or misery or feel cringy or make some kind of weird celebration to distract myself. I completely replace all the bad stuff with the biggest accomplishment I will ever make. Every November 9th for the rest of my life is going to be a reminder of how much of a champion I am. So there were a few things that led to my downfall and me hitting my version of rock bottom that day. So my marriage was having a lot of problems in the fall of 2018, which commenced the last year of my drinking. So that's where it really started. And in response to these problems, I escalated my drinking by a lot. So having my drinking become even worse led me to develop anxiety and for my depression to evolve into suicidal thoughts. Without those suicidal thoughts, I never would have challenged myself to 90 days sober in the spring of 2019. If I didn't do that challenge, it would have been much more difficult for me to accept that I will never drink another way. 
And if I didn't have a traumatic event that I needed to distract myself from, then I never would have shredded as hard as I did that day and probably would have continued on drinking for a while. So in a weird way, I'm grateful that all of that horrible stuff aligned to force me to quit drinking at 29. I feel like I've finally been able to live this past year like I I went to sleep and I'm just now finally waking up and I have for the first time a very positive outlook for the rest of my life. So my version of rock bottom was the realization that I could get drunk and kill myself. I never would have quit without that. I believe that for people like me who are so deeply obsessed with alcohol, we need to hit our suffering threshold before we will make a change. Everyone has a different threshold though, and some of us will deal with a lot more suffering than I did before accepting that they need to quit. I hope that in sharing stories, us sober people can help lower the threshold for those of you who are still struggling. When I first quit, something that really shocked me was finding out that almost no one in real life cared. I lost a lot of friends and stopped being invited to parties. I started posting on social because I was so unbelievably proud of myself, but most people that know me in real life didn't even click the like button. That really hurt me. I stopped posting on social around the time I started this podcast. At the same time, I created a new Instagram account just for sobriety. Some people from real life have followed me on there, and I'm super grateful for their support and care. I did choose not to post about my soberversary on my personal account. Losing friends hurt, but I'm so much better off. I've made some wonderful friends in the sober community. I'd rather have no friends than fake friends any day. So if you're struggling with this same problem, then my advice would be to really embrace the sober community. Be present in Facebook groups. Make an Instagram account just for your sobriety and follow people who inspire you. As for how the year went, I believe that there are multiple phases of sobriety. So the timing of each phase will be different for everyone, but I think most of us will follow a similar path. Stage one was the pink cloud. And it lasted from month zero through month five. So life was continuously improving. Everything that was bad was getting better. And I just rode that high. Sobriety felt easier than I expected because I had all these wonderful changes to keep my motivation high. During this time, I actually did two sober company parties. So I quit in November, right before the holiday season. So I had a lot of parties and family events to challenge me really early on. So at one of these sober work parties, a coworker loudly drew attention to the fact that I still wasn't drinking. She wanted to know why. I literally just did not respond. I just looked at her right in her face and said nothing. I don't have to justify or explain myself, and neither do you guys, so please remember that. I think a lot of us fall into the belief that we need to say, oh, I'm still fun, don't worry, or justify, like, I'm on a cleanse. But if you don't want to drink, you don't want to drink. It's whatever. Don't even justify it. Just leave it alone. 
So the parties were challenging for me because I was the only one not drinking, and it was only about a month into my sobriety. So for our holiday company party, I left early when everyone started getting drunk, and I went to Starbucks. I have a really clear memory, actually, of being in a circle of a group of coworkers, and I was close to someone that I was friends with. And I remember I looked over because she was speaking and I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, she's so drunk. And it was just surprising for me because I had never noticed that stuff before. Like you notice when people get excessively drunk or sloppy, but I noticed the switch from buzzed to drunk. So at that point, I just went to Starbucks. So there's a point in the night where that feeling just comes over us sober people. We feel like we have to go right now. And that's what I do. I always stay true to this feeling because if I force myself to stay, it's going to create anxiety, discomfort, triggers, shame, and all sorts of other bad feelings. I had my first sober Christmas and New Year's Eve at about six weeks sober. What helped me during Christmas was bringing my own non-alcoholic drinks. I didn't bring enough of my favorites, though, and it caused me a lot of unnecessary stress. I brought a ton of books and my headphones so I could go to bed early once people started getting a bigger buzz. For New Year's Eve, my husband decided to do it sober with me. It was challenging, and I did feel left out, so that's a common feeling of mine, being left out. I felt sad that I couldn't have a glass of champagne at midnight, but when I think back to the previous New Year's Eve, I was so drunk at midnight and hiccuping nonstop that I couldn't even kiss my husband when the ball dropped. Not my best look, and definitely not fun. When I reached six months sober in May, the weather started getting warmer, and I saw my neighbors out on their porch a lot drinking wine. This is when I crossed over into stage two of sobriety. I call this one, everything is great, but I still can't drink. The improvements had slowed down and my life was really stable. Things were great and I was happy, but I still couldn't drink. This is when a lot of people fall off and return to drinking. That's why people will caution you, beware of the pink cloud. It's so easy to romanticize alcohol in this stage and think, maybe I wasn't that bad. I focused a lot on how I'm only 30. Am I really going to not drink for the rest of my life? It seems so sad, and I struggled with a lot of feelings of nostalgia and jealousy. I celebrated my first sober birthday in June. We were still really quarantined in Boston, but even though I couldn't go out and celebrate, it was a much better birthday than I've ever had in my entire life. I think back to my 29th birthday when I had just completed 90 days sober. I celebrated with alcohol, ending the night drunk and feeling embarrassed. So I began to appreciate how much better everything is sober. Nothing was getting ruined. Even though I didn't have immediate fun from drinking, I saw that it was worth it to not drink in exchange for a good experience and memories. I enjoyed waking up the next morning feeling happy. This was also a really angry stage for me. 
I've struggled with anger a few times during my sobriety. So something important to note is in the beginning, I had a lot of trouble controlling my emotions. So I would feel really angry or I'd feel really sad and and I just had no control over it. I wasn't angry at something. It was just like little things would throw me off. So I got angry again over the summer. I felt angry that no one helped me and angry that because of my life experiences, I was doomed to be this way. I struggled with really intense feelings of rage that would just come on for no reason and last a couple of days. I'd been doing therapy the entire time of my sobriety, but these were very productive months for me. So if you're struggling with anger, just know, totally normal. So in month 10, I came out of this stage and entered stage 3, which I will call reality check. I was able to accept reality that I am just not someone who can ever drink. Instead of spending my life feeling sad about how I can't drink or focusing on that, I was able to better accept it and move on. I embrace sober life as my new normal. My husband and I celebrated our fifth anniversary by going on a trip. We got an Airbnb right on the beach in Cape Cod. I woke up every day with the sun and enjoyed the sunrise alone on the beach. It was so peaceful. I went to bed knowing exactly how I got there and slept through the night without any shame. I became a lot more comfortable going out to eat and not drinking during this time, but it still did make me feel a bit sad. It's hard for me when I'm somewhere and everyone is drinking. It makes me feel really left out. Despite this, it was a much better trip than any drinking vacation. I'm still hanging out in stage 3 of sobriety, so I can't really tell you what's next, but I can say that stage 3 is pretty good. If you're in stage 1, just keep on living your best life. If you're in stage 2, then try to give yourself a reality check and move out of this stage. So really spend some time thinking about why you made this choice. You gave up drinking for a very good reason. People who love alcohol don't just decide to get sober. No one would decide not to drink if they really enjoyed alcohol. So just think on that. I know that there are a lot of us who struggle to stay sober and go back and forth between getting a few sober days, then drinking, feeling shame, and repeating the cycle. People may tell you you're just not ready yet. And that's a really infuriating response. I started experimenting with sobriety back in April 2018. I didn't have more sober days than drinking days. I only had drinking days. When I committed to a length of time, I was able to do that. But it was only because I hoped it would help me learn to moderate. Holding on to hope that I'll be able to drink again in a normal way is the reason it took me so long to get sober. I've spoken to plenty of people whose goal is to just drink on special occasions. Even if they're sober for extended periods of time, they're still holding on to the hope that they can drink again. 
And I know that there are others who will have a bit of sober time, maybe a few weeks or a couple months, and then that voice enters their head saying they can probably just have one, or maybe they didn't actually have a problem. Then they have one, but it turns into ten, and they go right back to the beginning. The thing that helped me the most was accepting I am not someone who can ever drink. Once you accept that, it takes away the what-ifs or wondering if you could moderate. I think that some triggers and cravings are actually self-inflicted. When you hold on to hope, you allow your drunk alter ego to stay present in your mind. You entertain their questions. Someone with hope may go out with friends and think, Maybe it's been long enough. Maybe I can just have one drink. Then they might fight the idea of maybe I should try. Maybe I shouldn't. I have so many sober days, but it's been so long. Everybody drinks. I just want to have fun. And then they drink again and blow up their life. Where when I go out, these thoughts just never cross my mind. I know for a fact, even if I have 50 years of sobriety, that I still can't drink. So again, the thought of drinking just never crosses my mind. It's not an option for me. So I eliminate a lot of these thoughts and inner conflict. I think if you can work on letting go of the hope that you can drink again someday, you will have a much easier time being successful with sobriety. The voice in your head telling you to drink gets so weak or it goes away entirely. You stop even considering drinking as an option because you know you can't do it. So if you're in the spot, go listen to episode 20 again about moderation. And believe me when I say if you're hoping you can moderate in the future, it means you are someone who can't ever moderate their drinking. Overall, sobriety has changed my life in so many amazing ways. My life didn't instantly improve by getting sober. Instead, getting sober allowed me to care enough about my life to fix it. I was able to put in consistent effort. Just know whatever challenges you are going to face, drinking will only make them worse. Just keep trying, and one day it'll click for you. I believe in you, and I'll talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.